We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. I'm verified. We go through this every week. You guys know how to do that. Uh, Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206. And that's CKID206. All right, Chris, we're uh, previewing Seahawks, Rams. Uh, Seahawks win. They win the division. That would be a big one. Uh, to help us preview the team that just lost to the New York Jets, uh, we have a friend <laughs> of the show, covers the Rams for the Athletic, Jordan Rodrigue. Jordan, what's going on and what the hell happened on Sunday? Um, I'm still trying to process through what happened on Sunday. And I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I, I predicted a blowout. I think we all did. So I'm just sort of sitting in in um, in all my mentions of being roasted for being so very wrong. Mm. <laughs> I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. But I'm but I am processing. It's it's what a crazy crazy situation. And it in Seattle, well, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reactions to the Jets' uh, win in Seattle. I mean, obviously the Jets stink, and the Seahawks just whooped them. And then the Seahawks obviously are rooting for the Rams to just implode. And then you have both of those teams meet the very next week. It's just a lot, you know, going on now. So it's a win and win the division game for the for the Seahawks. So like the angles here are mostly just laughing at, you know, everyone involved, including the Jets from potentially missing out on uh, Trevor Lawrence. But just from a Rams view, like did the sky fall on Sunday afternoon? Like what, what was the general reaction down there in L.A.? Um, it was almost like. Well, through even through halftime when, you know, they had only scored three first half points and then go into the third quarter and the Jets build their lead with a, a touchdown drive on their first uh, series of the of the third quarter. And your disbelief just sort of starts to mount. And, and it's almost like this feeling of being astounded from down on the so- sideline because they certainly didn't show up looking awake or like they were ready to play. And they certainly didn't seem to be prepared for this particular iteration of the Jets, which came out really like they had been backed against the wall and just were going to try to punch their way out. And they brought the energy and some of their younger players made 
great plays. Quinn and Williams was just a monster um, until he had to leave the game. Sam Darnold played better um, than he than he has in recent weeks, and and then the Rams just kept handing them the game. Penalties, turnovers, um, really rare miscommunications on defense in terms of dealing with motions and things like that. Um, can't get off the field on third down on those two long, the only two long series that the, that the that the Jets had. The Rams defense could not get off the field. Super rare um, turnovers and field, you know sudden change situations and just just really um, and, and weird play calls at the end. Oh my God! It just it was just a cacophony of errors. You know, and I, I tried to caution people in Seattle that how the Rams perform and Jared Goff in particular. How they perform against other teams has not been very like instructive when you're trying to figure out how the Rams will perform against the Seahawks. However, there has been waves that teams have figured out like the offense specifically in LA. I think we've talked about it before. Teams change the fronts that they use to counter the personnel groupings that works really well uh, for the for the Rams. Was there anything that the Jets did that could possibly be replicated by the Seahawks or any other team that wants to beat the Rams the rest of the year? Well, honestly, I mean, the Rams now, I think, have, have been able to, because of some of the ways that they're blocking, um, especially being able to go a little bit more horizontally, they're able to now change the math on some of those fronts that gave them trouble in the past. But the thing that now, that was such a complicated problem to solve, right? Well, now the problem to solve with them is so simple. If you can stop the run and then cover up Jared Goff's boot protections, then you could probably win the game. Because the offense, without this defense scoring, this defense other than Sunday, which was just, I mean, some something, some sort of collapse happened in the space-time continuum because that was, <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened. But um, other than that, the, the defense had been scoring a touchdown in their last three games. And so, but, but without those points, the Rams in those three games and then on, on Sunday have only averaged 20 points a game on offense. And so... This is if, if you're covering up the run, this passing game, which has so many dudes on it that you think that it would be working. Um, and then Jared Goff, you know, the, the old argument against pressure. But really, it comes down to if you cover up, if you can stop the run and you can cover up his boot protections or, you know, cover up him rolling out and making throws, which gets get him comfortable in a game. You could probably beat him if you, if you can play good defense, because. It's it just this defense is doing its job. There were flukes um, on Sunday, of course, but this defense is doing its job week in and week out, and this offense still has not figured it out. But the design on everything is there. They, they are able to beat those mixed fronts now because of the way that they're, they've changed the math on some of their blocking and, and some of their empty sets and things like that. They can do it, but they are. <laughs> so it's, it's just it's, they're really tough to figure. You know, one of the points you made after you wrote about the the Jets' loss, well, well the Jets winning, uh, that is, is uh, you said that the Rams really beat themselves. Like, the team that they have to really, you know, overcome this year is themselves. Uh, I want you to expand on that a little bit. In what ways have they been doing that this year? And do you f- foresee them fixing whatever those issues are as we go as we head into the postseason? Yeah, well, I'll put it this way. The Rams have one of the most efficient defenses in the league and a defense that takes the ball away on a consistent basis and yet they are still minus two in turnover differential it's i mean it's just it's not good and and sean McVay really sums it up super simply it's like um wins and losses and turnovers are 
the two best ways to to define a football team. And that's really, I mean, you know, there's all these other variables that go into it and a lot happens in between those turnovers, but that has been down the stretch as they've struggled to put three consecutive wins together at any point in the season. And as you guys know, kind of important to be able to do that in the postseason. Yes, yes, it is. Um, And, and they, it's a lot of it is shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, one of it was a, a, one of them was, just a really why do you throw that football interception and that really has sort of become something we've seen quite a bit from from Jared Goff um, when he has thrown the interceptions um, there's been penalties you know you could argue I think either way on a lot of these penalties that are happening throughout the league right now but um, one of them was really costly the hold penalty that took away a go-ahead touchdown run um, that took another uh, block in the back penalty that took away yards you know, just just things that that are they're just shooting themselves in the foot. A uh, blocked punt, um, which hadn't happened to them in 120 punts because Johnny Hecker's the goat. Like it really is just, it's just really astounding ways of of finding new ways to beat yourself. And I don't think that that's. I mean, clearly it's not sustainable. I don't think that. I think the Rams are, are a tough matchup from a design standpoint, from uh, especially from a defensive standpoint. Um, even could be from an offensive standpoint, considering what, you know, if you just get the ball into the hands of your guys who make the plays, they will make the plays. I mean, poor Robert Woods is open like 25 billion times, um, you know, on Sunday. And, and I, I would be under, I would really understand if he's frustrated right now. And so they're a really tough matchup, but it's almost becoming something you can count on is them shooting themselves in the foot every single time. And, and, you know, can't get through a clean can't get through a clean game there's been at least one turnover in most of their games this season I want to stick a little bit with the offense here and they didn't shoot themselves in the foot this is just part of the game with football and, and that's injuries they lose Cam Akers who at this rate was playing at a phenomenal level mm-hmm. I think he had found his role as one of the best backs if not the best back on that roster and now you're relying on Daryl Henderson Malcolm Brown, how are the Rams moving forward? Will this offense still sustain what they were doing, or will it? Will there be a drop off now that Cam is going to be out? Yeah, it's going to be really tough because so much of what Sean McVay's offense does predicates on them establishing the run, right? And so Cam Akers was really—I mean, he battled through injuries early in the season. He landed on the football on the pointy end, and then had like three defensive tackles land on him and the ball separated his rib cartilage. And then, so he comes back from that, right? And then plays through a high ankle sprain, which I don't, this dude in the fourth quarter playing on a high ankle sprain was averaging 11 yards per carry mm. in the fourth quarter on, with, a, with a high high ankle sprain, right? And so now, obviously, you're losing somebody like that who is giving you such a jolt of energy and such a spark and who's so respected by his teammates even as a rookie, and you're just really, that's a really, really tough loss for them. And Daryl Henderson was having a great start to the season, especially when Cam Akers was injured. But Cam Akers really did overtake him in terms of being that quote-unquote lead back. So now it's going to go back to Daryl Henderson, who the Seahawks are familiar with, and who, um, you know, has got to get into a rhythm really early because now they, they don't have much of a committee. Malcolm Brown can come in for them, but he's really short yardage, He's really, if you really need someone extra and pass protection, um, and and also, um, you know, when if you know, 
if they do ever have a lead again, <laughs> um, uh, he'll, he'll be the guy who, who rubs the clock down for them. But Daryl Henderson is going to be the guy and it's going to be, you know, he's, he's been, um, you know, getting only a couple snaps per game the last couple games. So it's going to be really important for him to get into a rhythm early. Get into a rhythm early. There it is. And per, a player that I don't know if he has gotten into a rhythm. Mike sent me some stats prior to hopping on because I, I was curious you know, what you thought since the last time Jared Goff has played against the Seahawks. Has he even improved? Has he gotten worse? He's thrown seven touchdowns, six interceptions. I'm going to ask you flat out, has Jared Goff improved at all since the matchup against the Seahawks? Um, I think he's gotten better against the blitz. I, I did a really big piece um, with a couple of our national guys about how specific types of, of pressure really hurt Jared. And, and if you're a team and you can succeed and you can um, rush the passer just with four guys, that's what actually statistically gives Jared the most trouble. That's where most of his turnovers have come and his lowest um, completion percentage and play success rate has come against four. And, and as I understand it, the guys that Seattle has added back to the roster make it much more able for them to be able to do that. Um, but it's against blitz pressure um, against, you know, when they're sending Jamal Adams, things like that. That's when Jared has improved. So it's it's always a tough question with Jared, isn't it? Right. I yeah. mean, we, we go over this every time I'm on the podcast, even when I wasn't covering the Rams. It's like we it's such a complicated question with him because he, he has improved in some ways. And when Sean called him out publicly, um, several weeks ago after he um, turned the ball over so many times, he came out and, and played great um, in that short week against Arizona and New England. And he and he was he played really well. Well, then, you know, there's and, and I certainly would not put Sunday's game on Jared um, because there were so many other contributing factors. But I also there was also an issue at the end. Sean McVay um, has reiterated a couple of times that there's been some issues reading through reading through progressions completely, even when you have time. And, and so I think that's also a, a factor of, of what those specific and different types of pressure do to affect him. In regards to reading through progressions, is it more so what style offense McVay has him running? Or do you think it's just more something that Jared Goff has to get better at in this league? I think it's the latter, honestly, because um, the, the offense is built to help everyone. Everyone helps each other succeed. So the layers that are built in to every route concept, um, you know, you've got high lows on pretty much every single play. And so the, when you take those last two calls, for example, which, first of all, I don't agree with throwing a fade to a running back on third down when that running back has a high ankle sprain and you only need four yards. Don't agree with that. But if you're going to call that play <laughs> and you and you understand that your your quarterback is going to have if you just if you hold on to the ball a half a second longer and sort of look now scan to the right just a little bit further now you have two guys coming open underneath again Robert Woods getting open on both plays and then you you run the exact same play to the opposite side essentially to the tight end at that point who had been evaluated for and passed the concussion protocol earlier in the game by the way and so those those kinds of things where it's like, and those are the only passes twenty plus yards you've you've thrown. So why not take why not take the the higher efficiency play? Why not take the under route? Why not take the low concept? Why not go through the progression? And so it's it's very clear that that's been a point of frustration for Sean. Um, whenever Jared has not 
has not performed maybe up to his standard. Um, that's that's kind of been the frustration because there's the sense coming from Sean. Now this is like his his assumption, not necessarily my own. It's like he's putting out the vibe that like we're setting you up for success, but you're not getting the ball to the guy you need to get the ball to, essentially. Wow. Jared Goff not getting the ball to who he needs to, huh? Shocker there. No, I, I like picking on Jared Goff. I do. <laughs> I just remember because I was I remember his rookie year, obviously, because you know he played Seattle twice. He stuck up the joint, so it's just it felt like fool's gold, and feels like it's coming back around that way. Also, I would love to be just a fly on the wall with Robert Woods, just campaigning for the ball, because I don't know how Robert. It depends, you know. There's a Stephen Diggs way. There's like the Antonio Brown way of campaigning for the ball. There's the Juju Smith way. There's a ton of ways. And I want to know how Robert is when he goes to Jared and it's like, hey, man, throw me the ball. Yeah, it's tough to not have a locker room because you can have more private conversations with different people at this point. And it's not like that would be negative. Like this locker room's together. These guys are bought into each other. You know, I wouldn't say that there's an issue at all. However, you do want to really start to diagnose, like, is he just, you know, how come he's not seeing you? I mean, we could see it on the broadcast, but but that doesn't mean we actually know what's going on. You know, we could see Robert Woods being like, hey, <laughs> waving his hand like I'm open. But but we also that doesn't mean we necessarily know, you know, how far through the progression he is. That doesn't mean we know, you know, all these little details that kind of go into it. And so those conversations in 2020. Um, I really miss having because at that point, then you could also maybe pull Jared aside and talk to him and be like, Hey, um, you know, what's going on? You know, you guys are not throwing, throwing it deep, which is by design because you're going with higher efficiency plays. How come on those last two in particular, you went away from the higher efficiency plays for the first time all game, you know, kind of these types of things that don't, you can't really ask on zoom with, you know, everybody and their neighbor on the, on the zoom call. (laughs) You know, you know what I want for Robert. I, if 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 he ever wanted my advice, I would tell him to take the Justin Jefferson approach. Because I saw that. I don't know if you saw that clip, Jordan, of when Kirk overthrows Justin in the end zone against the Bears, <laughs> and then the audio picks up Justin Jefferson swearing at Kirk <laughs> and telling him to throw the ball. Like I want. And he says we, uh, the media blew it out of proportion. I don't know how that. I, well, I mean. We're- we're all evil. We're the media is we're the problem. Yeah, apparently, like I, you cussing out your quarterback know. ain't just, the problem, but I'm, it's us. I'm the reason the Rams lost because I <laughs> predicted the Rams beating the worst team in the NFL. But I'm the reason they lost because I predicted that the Rams would beat the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> Speaking of Robert Woods, I do want to touch on Cooper Cup, who I love watching because he is very underrated, but he's also so talented. Is it me or is he having a down year? And it's not from a stat standpoint. It just seems he's not getting the normal touches he would normally usually. And maybe it's a product of the offense and golf struggling with progressions. Or am I tripping here? No, I think there's there's a few different things, too. First, he's he's not getting the ball and, and there's they've been they've been turning it over, right? So they can't get through into their normal playbook when, and then they're going three and out and then they're first, okay, we're going to establish the run. Okay. We're going to throw that out. Now we're going to just try to go pass happy. Okay. We're going to throw that out. And it's just really not cohesive all around. And, and a lot of that has to do with turning the ball over and some of those like getting set up for, for these, um, you know, long third, second and third downs and those types of things. Cooper cup is, um, week over week, I kind of keep one eye on his next gen charts and he's still getting great separation. He's still working the underneath layers like he should, but, um, I think it's a combination of things. I think one of them is he's just not, 
getting the read. And um, another item I would think is is their offensive line, you know, their offensive line at times has really been really, really good and played their butts off. But you can really see a difference in how much it helps to have extra blocking help for these guys, especially after big wit leaves with the, with the knee injury. You can really see how crucial now it is to have some of these receivers and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are in key blocking roles at this point, helping in um, run blocking, helping in pass blocking, um, and and helping sort of draw defenders away from certain situations to give other guys one-on-ones. So I think part of that is... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The some of the some of the issue, but uh, another part of it is they're not scoring points. They're not putting good yards up. Um, when they have put great yards up, so a lot of it's been you know Cam Akers has had great great running games um, against Arizona and New England, but and they're not putting you know the types of passing yards up that you would have expected they're turning the ball over some of the decision making is is questionable and so i think all of those are symptoms to why we're not seeing him maybe thrive as much as as we did because he was on pace for a thousand i mean he was earlier in the year and and we all i remember we talked about this and um i do still think he's a good matchup against seattle um I think we talked about that last time. So we might see him reemerge, but it's it's just been really tough for them to get anything cohesive going on offense when especially if they uh if they're not rushing the ball well. The sight of Cooper Cup killing uh our Wazoo team for two hundred yards still kinda three hundred. No, it, no, it hurts. <laughs> it's it still hurts. I hope he does does well in the league, but yeah, no, I don't, you know, never forget that that hurts. Uh let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball here. Like me me and Chris are very we're we're D B friendly guys. Lo- love our DBs. Um, me too. Yeah, like DBs are so fun. Like I was just talking with someone about the Bengals DB who was high stepping fifty yards from the Oh my god. <laughs> that was a fun game to watch, wasn't it? I was like that kind of maybe took some pressure off the Rams too. Oh yeah, because they weren't the I mean it, between <laughs> I would say between the Seahawks losing to the Giants, 
The uh, I would throw the Steelers' losses kind of out a little bit against Washington and uh, Buffalo, but like between the Seahawks losing to the Giants, the Jets losing to the Rams, and uh, no, the Rams losing to the Jets, and then um, that Bengals game last night, like it's it's kind of like it's the collapses are. It's not just one team, basically, is what I'm trying to say. So there's a little bit of that uh, going on across the league, but yeah. And I think, sorry to interrupt you there, Mike, but I think that uh, you can. I I don't think Seahawks fans should feel as bad about that Giants loss as as maybe they did, because because yeah, I mean, no, it doesn't look great. It's the it's the you know NFC East, and they all suck. But like, really, <laughs> it's it's that's a really 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 good defense i mean the the schemes that they are are using i mean they gave the rams a ton of trouble in the diagnosis phase of what their defense was doing i mean that's a that's a hard defense to figure out and it discombobulates you on on either side because then your defense is put in different situations that they're not maybe you know they they weren't really thinking that they were going to have to face in terms of how how often you're coming back on the field things like that so I, I don't know that i would feel that bad about that loss but um when it comes to clinching and playoffs and of course yeah but but that that giants team is i think one to watch uh, i wish i would have had you after with me by my side with me after that game because talking <laughs> seahawks fans off the ledge after only putting up 10 points on offense against uh colt mccoy uh, a colt mccoy team was just not i know colt yeah. mccoy don't play defense but like y- you've dealt with fans it's just not being logical well, doesn't get you anywhere. That the Rams lost to the Jets, so I hear you. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I brought up DBs because, like, I've 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 tweeted this a few times and talk with people about it. Like, I'm a big fan of like the Xavier Howard Defensive Player mm-hmm. of the Year campaign. Like, I think what he's doing is ridiculous. Like, some of the interceptions he's going and taking are just just nuts. Like, he's he's really 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 good. But you cover the Rams, so I want you to like. Uh, play Jalen Ramsey here for a second here. What's the case for Aaron Donald, baby, this year to win it again over guys like T.J. Watt, even in Pittsburgh, or win it over Howard? Yeah, so what I would say, and this is me being, of course, devil's advocate here for, for Aaron, and, and obviously Jalen Ramsey, when he's, af- when he's out of football like years and years from now, he should go into campaign management because he's doing a hell of a job for Aaron. Um, so what I would say is, the closer you are to the line of scrimmage, the more you affect a play on every single snap. And I think that Aaron Donald being where he is in alignment um, affects a game plan probably more than any other player that any team offensively has to face throughout the course of a year. And part of that's because he's lining up on the inside and getting that interior pressure. Um, he is on average, the closest player to the quarterback um, via next-gen stats on any given week. So that's – you're just – you're affected. You don't have to have the sack every play in order, as you guys know very well, to affect the quarterback enormously, to affect what happens. And then that that has a ripple and a trickle-down effect. So obviously what you're doing if you're Aaron Donald affects what your linebackers can do. But more importantly, it affects what your secondary is doing and what your coverage is doing in complement to the front. And that's not to take away anything from Xavier Howard because that dude is just arriving violently to the catch point every single time. And that's it's so fun to watch. I agree with you. But I also think that to be mostly pass rushing from the interior going against the biggest dudes on an offensive line and and shedding more double teams than than any other 
you know, you're shedding 600 pounds per snap, essentially. Um, he's got the, he's got, he's, he's still got the highest pass rush win, win rate in the league. It's like 25% pass, pass rush. I can say this, I swear, pass rush win rate, despite the fact that he's getting double teams um, at like a rate of 70%. So 70% of the time you're shedding at least 600 pounds of weight off of your body in order to be closer to the quarterback than any other player on the field. And that affects how you throw the ball, that affects where you throw the ball, that affects how you, um, you know, design your, your front, that affects how you slide, that affects which direction you can look in, that affects what your secondary is doing, that, that really just um, teams are running when they run the ball. They're designing run packages and run schemes away, literally away from Aaron Donald. <laughs> like, it's just really he's affecting every single phase, not just of what his own defense is able to do, but what the opposing offense is able to do. And so I think that that really is indicative of somebody who's a defensive player of the year. And it's, and it's helpful that he's got the sacks because those are the flashy sacks are not indicative of how successful a defensive player can be. Just like, you know, picks are, are, it's incredible what Xavier Howard's doing, but you see Jalen Ramsey, who is also having a fantastic season, and he's not leading in picks, but he's playing two and a half positions, and he's shutting down an entire half of the field. So it's it's really really interesting. Um, in terms of TJ Watt, I you know I, I respect TJ Watt. Um, the Steelers are also blitzing more than any other team in the league. So if you can send your outside linebacker on a high probability blitz play. Um, he's he's going to rack up the sacks, and he's super valuable because he's playing, obviously, the versatile positions. But again, rushing from the inside and just affecting the line of scrimmage in that way and affecting the game plan in that way, I just think is, um, you know, I, I'm firmly in the Aaron Donald defensive player in the of the year camp. But I also respect those other guys doing it because they're, they're at the, the very, very highest level. And so it could really be a toss-up down the stretch. You know, I've only seen – I watched the end of the Jets game, Chris, and I saw after they lost uh, Aaron Donald rip his helmet off. And I was like, you know, I've only seen that cat that angry twice. One is was, <laughs> was right there, that, that moment on my TV. And the other time was when he put on his helmet after – a Seahawks, Seahawks game, game yep. and went to go dis- <laughs> to go kill <laughs> Justin Britt. Uh, like, are are the Seahawks Jordan about to get the angriest version of Aaron Donald that maybe have ever gotten uh, on Sunday? You know, it's. I think it's all all around the Rams. If you watch the Rams this year, every time they have like a head scratching or questionable loss, they've come out and they've played really well the next week, and it's almost like. You, you shouldn't need that kind of motivation, but it's almost like it, it helps light a fire a little bit more. But they're coming out against a better Seahawks team than the one that they faced earlier this year. So it, it's not just going to be, all right, we're mad, so we're going we're gonna to come out and kick the doors down, and that'll be enough. No, they also have to be smart, take care of the football. Um, Aaron Donald, I've never, you know, I saw that as well. I've never actually seen him, like, sustain, sustain anger. Like, I've never seen him get mad. I've never heard him raise his voice. Like, he doesn't even react when someone puts smelling salts in front of his face. Have you guys ever seen that on a broadcast? <laughs> oh, I, mean, I haven't. It's, it's insane. So, um, I, you know, I would be a little bit concerned. I mean, they might just say, all right, Aaron, we haven't, we haven't really schemed you to break a game open yet on every snap so far. So, because we have got, you know, 10 other guys to think about. But now this might be the one. <laughs> Oh man, it's a little, it's a little, uh, a little concerning, I think. But, um, but yeah, it, it's just 
you can't even almost you can maybe scan the tape from this last Seahawks game, but you can't even really put a ton of, of stock in it because it just seems like a, a different team and, and obviously playing better football. Man, thoughts and prayers out to Russ. Uh, do you th- Although he, <laughs> he avoided Chase Young though on um on Sunday, so maybe he can avoid. Shout out to Dwayne Brown. And, yes, uh, and and Cedric Abui too, uh, right tackle. But as as Jordan would say, Aaron Donald is inevitable, so it's coming. It's coming one way. <laughs> I or love another. that you used that the other day. That was great. It, it applies for Jamal Adams too. He's yeah, get, he's literally yeah, he's getting playing. a sack a game. Yeah, he's playing really well. Yeah, no, that's yeah, he's 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 playing out of his mind too. Let's let's stick with DBs here. Um, you know, the Jalen Ramsey versus DK Metcalf matchup was really great. Well, it was great for Jalen. <laughs> it wasn't great <laughs> Not so for, much for DK. It wasn't great for DK in week in week ten, and that was the broadcast was all over it. The uh, man, it was it was something. Um, what worked when you looked went back and looked at that game? Like, what did Jalen or just the Rams in general do really well? And how do you think that's gonna go? That matchup in particular uh, on Sunday. Well, they were technically sound, and they covered they covered him up in certain ways. Like, um, so what they do with some of their extra defensive backs package, and especially with the way that they can float their safeties back and forth, like you can cover up some of the the concepts that you're trying to run. Um, you can cover some of the route the route lanes, especially essentially with what a quarterback sort of if you if you imagine a quarterback sort of visualizing a bunch of lines going downfield and drawing out his his receivers route concepts and okay this guy's going to be here and here's his path what the rams do in terms of the secondary that they play in in which they play their coverage when they're technically sound um it covers up a lot of those types of things so it's almost like is is the guy really where i think he is or is it is something else happening and so um that that was really helpful is that they were all playing cohesively and technically sound and then jalen ramsey was just sort of smothering him so it, it really felt like and then and then i i know you guys caught this this was so funny afterward when i think it was like he had dk ended up with like what two catches and uh this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Jalen, after the game, like very politely, was like slipped in. Yeah, and then his his two catches that he got was when we were in zone. Ooh, <laughs> shade. And like, like it just very calmly, like you, like Jalen. You remember? I remember. We all remember. You know, younger Jalen who would have just come out there and said he didn't catch a single pass on me. You know, but but instead he just very like subtly slipped it in, which I thought was really really funny. But um, but yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. They're obviously going to try to change the the game plan around for DK, and I would I would maybe even expect Russ to to try to target DK a little bit more. I mean, I don't think if I'm recalling correctly, I don't think he even had many targets, if any, in the first half. Um, So, and and part of that's because, you know, the secondary is covering, like I said, covering up some of those concepts, but I, I would, 
think that Russell tries to test Jalen a little bit more this game, um, just to see, just to see if it can work. And, and so that's what I would expect. But, but, you know, Jalen just has like so much respect for DK Metcalf, but it's like on the field, that's just so, so fun to watch. Do you remember when DK Metcalf was very confident that Jalen Ramsey couldn't even stop him? It was on a pod. I forget what podcast it was. I'm pretty sure it was on Barstool. And I saw that. Someone floated that clip around. I think I saw that. Did Jalen have any response to that, or he just basically said, hey, he only had two catches, and they were all when I when we were in zone? No, he didn't have any response to that. I think it, it's been interesting um, throughout the, the course of the year. He's not really um, – topped up any matchup really other than to 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 say he's excited and respects his opponent things like that and I think that's been um interesting to watch him take that approach um and sort of stay in a very like zen place and that's been that's been fascinating and really cool to watch um just from a a journalistic perspective and then the other thing is I I think that people especially when you're looking at some of this like pro bowl voting and voting and stuff like that, I think it's a little insane that we're not maybe nationally talking about Jalen a little bit more, because if you look at some of the pro bowl receivers in his division, um, he's, he's held them under and then, and then digs, he's held them all collectively under a hundred yards. Mm. So I think that that's like, maybe we should be talking about that more, but again, because he's not pulling down a pick, but he's, he's covering up so much, but he's not pulling down all of the picks. So maybe our dopamine levels aren't spiking whenever we talk about him. Right. So it's like, he's covering up so much of what teams want to do. Um, it's just really, really fascinating to me. And he's kind of like, seems like he's okay with being, I don't know if it's even accurate to say he could be a little under the radar right now, but I but but I think he's okay with that because he's just sort of operating in, in stealth mode and like really just shutting things down. I think it's also easier to feel good about being under the radar when you get the bag. Like when you get the yeah. bag, it's just like, you know what, as long as I'm a legend at the bank, <laughs> I don't know if I need everyone else's <laughs> approval. I do miss the, I think it was actually Chris sent me the clip of Jalen talking about Steve Smith all those years ago. That was my introduction to Jalen. I had no yes. idea who he really was. <laughs> How about? I, I was like, who is this dude talking crazy? <laughs> like, Ask him. Yeah, no, the, the whole, there was a lot going on in that clip. But I miss I miss that, Jalen. The, the Jalen Ramsey that called Josh Allen trash in that GQ interview. I think it was GQ. Yeah, it was. Um, he, yeah, that was, I miss, I miss that. I miss that, Jaylen. I'll be honest, though. So I like the calm and collected, more mature. I'm gonna go out here, let my game do the talking, and then just simply say, "You had a few catches, but I wasn't even on you, G. We were in zone." I like that type of energy. Oh, that was so great! That little like, that was like, uh, like Minnesota nice almost. <laughs> it was like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was really like, um, I've got a body in the trunk, but <laughs> you you won't ever know because I'm smiling and giving you a cup of tea. You know, like it's really, it's really like I. I love that. I love all those little subtleties because Jalen is so, so detail oriented. Um, and so I just like I just love all those little subtleties. Yeah, no, I can, I can appreciate I can appreciate subtle shade, too. I'm a, I like when guys got both, too. Like you got the like, hey, Tyreek Hill made it as a returner, guys. Like, let's, let's cool out. And obviously Tyreek's like one of the best receivers in the league. And then also like the subtle shade, like, hey, he caught it twice <coughs> in zone. <laughs> and then, and then, you, then like, you move on. And, and you guys should go back and watch it because it was so funny because he really was just like, a reporter was like, well, how would you evaluate how your matchup against DK went today? And he's like, you know, I thought it was pretty good. And, um, we really, uh, were on our, on our technique as a, as a full team. And, 
you know, it was it was just a really fun matchup, and I, and I think it went well. And, and the two catches he got, we were in zone, and like just slipped it in. Like, it was mm. so funny. Yeah, he and knows. It was, like, really great. Yeah, he knows. He knows what's up. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't. I can't <laughs> wait. You know what? Let's go. Let's go right into uh, our, our prediction segment. Let's start with our. Uh, let's do our uh, our, our over under. Uh, let's go with catches for DK Metcalf specifically against Jalen, though. Right, so we, okay, I, so not in zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not 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 in zone. We'll we'll throw that. Out there. I'm gonna put the over under actually pretty high, but like I, I'm I'm tr- I'm trusting DK a little bit and Russ, like you said, Russ is gonna Russ is arrogant too. Like he's gonna try Jalen. He's gonna try to prove he's not afraid of anybody. Three and a half is the over under for catches DK Metcalf has against Jalen Ramsey on Sunday. Um, I say the under, but I think he'll get three. Mm. Right at three. Actually, let's, let's 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 popcorn this one around. What do you think, Chris? What are you taking? I know we don't usually insert ourselves, but I feel like we're all so invested in this matchup that we should all weigh in. Do bubble screens and quick passes count? That's a good question. Uh, because if the okay. Seahawks are smart, Jalen Ramsey's not going to play press the whole game. He's going to give him room because he knows how fast he is, and Jalen's able to recover. In that situation, if the Seahawks are really just going to come out playing smart, I would take the over. You know what I'll do? Okay, that's a good question. I will put the um, – the depth of target has to be seven yards. Four, <laughs> I would say five yards or greater. So that would it would actually a slant. I, was, I would say four. No, because a slant would count. So that's yeah, okay. four yards or greater. So that would eliminate like a bubble screen or a right or a hot yeah. or smoke route. Okay. Yeah. So a slant would still count. Fair. Slant. I think that's fair. Slant that counts. Be, yes. That won't be his unless they put him in the slot. That or him close to the line that won't be his his responsibility there we go yeah, that's a good yeah. question chris I, no, I'm, I'm it's like, fair. no that's good it's i think right that's a great question that's because that's the way honestly that's the way they should play <laughs> they should try to stretch the rams as wide as they can because they're they're thin at linebacker and they're not containing the perimeter so um not to now i'm gonna get t- told i'm a jinx again so. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> we've we've mike and i have dropped gyms for the seahawks for quite some time now. Well, I, mean, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think we've ever gotten blamed for anything. Have we ever we've never blamed? got blamed for anything. That's we just also would love to let the let those coaches know, hey, we know you listened. We yeah, we no, told you true. exactly what to do. Now where's our sweatsuits? <laughs> yeah, no, no, that that is that is true. That's actually a good question, Chris, because I'm pretty sure watch the first pass DJ <laughs> DK catches via screen. <laughs> Smoke screen, you know, a drag route that's two yards in depth. But I will take the over. I think the Seahawks are going to hopefully they can use him in those quick slant routes. He just has to catch the ball. I mean, that's the biggest opponent. Yeah. Is he gonna catch the rock? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I would I would I'll, I'll go I'll go under. I'm with Jordan. I say I say three. So we got two uh, two unders and an over. I like it. Uh, all right, Jordan, we'll get you out of here on this. Give us a winner uh, on Sunday. She's picking Rams. Calling it now. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate doing these. But um, you do so well. You got it right last time. I know. So I, I just again, like, I look at the the way the Rams have rebounded from from tough losses, and I also look at Sean versus Pete. And so I am going to lean Rams on this. Um, however, I would caution. This is a I, Rams fans. I know um, I saw this podcast show up in a couple of forums because Rams fans um, really are like to study and you guys are really, really popular. And so um, Rams fans, if you're listening, I would caution, though, because this is a different Seahawks team than the one they played last time. So I'm still going to pick the Rams, but uh, you're going to have to throw out a lot of different stuff than, than maybe you did last time. What's the, Chris, what you got the uh, betting line? 
Yeah, do you know you. it? What is it? Who is it? Is Seahawks favorite? Seahawks, Seahawks should be favorite Seahawks at home. Will probably be favorite. Let's double check here. Right now, it is. Well, because I'm, I'm asking that because Jordan just uh, that was a really great answer. She just didn't give us a score. There. Oh, I lied. It's hook. a pick'em. Oh, a pick'em. Uh-huh. I, I could I could see that too. All right, Makes Jordan, you gotta sense. give us a score though. We're gonna take the Rams. Uh, well, the Rams haven't. Sc- okay, mm. the Rams haven't scored more than 20 points in their last three games offensively in terms of minus defensive touchdowns. Gotcha. So okay. They've they've averaged that. So, man, you guys are so mean to me. <laughs> oh, you're doing fine. There we I go. hate doing this because I hate. I just hate getting yelled at. <laughs> I'm such. I'm such a, a weakling in that regard. Um, okay, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Rams. I'm gonna go Rams 31, Seahawks 28, and Matt Gay, the Rams' fourth rostered kicker and fifth <laughs> kicker of the season. Hits the hits the game winner. That's oh, gonna burn. Man, man a f- the fourth kicker hitting the game winner for that's, the it, when the Seahawks are trying to win the division. That's what we call a burn. That right would be there. the second straight time that the Seahawks lose the division championship at the crib. That is well, a chance at it. I think they can still win it if they lose on Sunday. Thanks but, a lot, Jordan. You just made everything <laughs> much better. Oh my god, you guys are so mean. <laughs> okay, so here's something really interesting too. I wanted to share this with you guys. I learned this about kicking today. Uh, or this week, because uh, the Rams, after the Rams lost to the Jets, uh, one of the few players they made available to us was the kicker. <laughs> so you unpack that as as necessary. But um, but yeah, so he, I asked him a lot, like what you know, he's what, he he's making his kicks. What really are we gonna ask him about? So I asked him um, the psychology of kicking in complete silence. So. He said that it's actually harder to kick in complete silence now in these empty stadiums than it ever was in these crazy packed environments and these really, really loud fields like CenturyLink usually would, would be. And um, our guy, Ben, he says there's no statistically there's no real trend in home field advantage. So you combine that with the variable of kicking in complete silence and sort of the psychological stuff. Apparently what this guy does is he repeats one word to himself over and over and over again to create that sort of image of white noise in his brain that he would normally get from the crowd. Isn't that crazy? Wow. I wonder you know, if he's saying a, make it. Make what, it yeah, what's the word? It. What's the word that, that he I uses? Asked him, I asked him and he wouldn't tell me. He said that defensive linemen scream stuff at him that he can now hear when he normally would not be able to hear it. Wow. And, and he can hear it now. And so he said if he tells me what the word actually is, then they're going to scream that word at him. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, for sure. Reverse no. psychology there. No, yeah. that, well, you know, actually, that is pretty – this will be the last thing. That we, we'll close that after this. But that, that's interesting because Russell Wilson, like, is a big proponent of self-talk. Like, he talks to himself on the sidelines because he studies, like, mental conditioning and has learned that no, right. no, there's no more powerful voice in the world than your own. We say, like, thousands of words to ourselves per day. And yes. if you can, like, focus, like, channel specifically what those words are, it'll affect your behavior. So that's actually interesting that – a that a kicker uh, uses that. Now, I mean, no one in Seattle is hoping that works on Sunday, uh, but that is that is actually pretty interesting. What do we think? What word do we think Jared Goff has in his head at Ooh. all times? Oh, that's oh my a- gosh, what's going on? Oh my gosh, <laughs> oh, oh no, Omaha. Uh, let's see here. Help nine one one. That's a good one. I'm not sure. Don't, I don't turn it over. He's, al- he's also really rich too, so I might not even care. I might, I might just hear like like the direct deposit hitting in my head if I was. <laughs> I would just soothe myself by 
and like help some people count sheep. I just count dollar bills. Yeah, yeah. Like well, I don't know. I forgot how much guaranteed money Jared Goff got, but yeah, that that's all the self talk I need. <laughs> Uh, right there uh, at, at that point. Uh, thank you, Jordan. Uh, I think she's still leading the league, leading the, our, all of our guests and appearances on the podcast, right? We'll make sure she she maintains that crown. Make sure you guys please go read her stuff on The Athletic. It's great stuff. Make sure you also go blame her anytime the Rams do something wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding you guys. Leave, leave Jordan alone. But thank you guys for listening to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, follow me on the Tweet Machine. Uh, Chris will get you verified at some point. Uh, don't worry about it. We will holler at you guys after uh, Sunday's game. We're out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.